This is SideQuest Completed, the Hoppiest Game Dead podcast with your hosts Calvin and JC, coming to you every Wednesday with encouragement and advice on making your game a reality. So, uh, so our topic today is difficulty levels, um, and this is also a episode returning from the Labor Day holiday, so we took uh, a couple weeks off, both before and after Labor Day, and um, we definitely had some thoughts uh, going into the difficulty level topic the last time we recorded, um, but those thoughts are probably rusty or long gone, and so we'll both be, uh, I think, speaking on our feet about the topic today, um, and maybe that'll be its own type of good way to approach it, just kind of uh, talk back and forth about difficulty in games, um, what we yep. what kind of play levels we like in games, like what kind of differences work well for us, and also the challenges and in actually incorporating that into games, which is, for me, something that actually feels more daunting than it probably should be, so I'm interested in talking about this. Yeah, glad to talk about it. Because you could say, since we're not actually um, that prepared for this one, or it's been long since we last recorded almost recording on a higher difficulty level. Oh, wow. That's a, yeah. that's a very meta um, approach. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is your quick review of some of the things that go into difficulty levels. I know there's a classic thing of making enemies tougher. You take their hit points, take more damage, making them move faster. Sometimes you'll see them move a little more, I guess, erratically or smartly. This between a more predictable enemy Versus like chess, where it just gives them more time to think about things. What's some other examples of difficulty level tweaks you know about? Um, there's a like just kind of multiplying the specs or the stats is, is definitely a pretty common thing. But actually adding enemy or enemy types in different areas is also a less common, but one that I find a little more interesting and yeah. less dependent on. Like if you have those just stat mod- multiplier difficulty levels, then you've got to figure a way of getting the stats for all of your levels and, and enemies and different challenges such that they the same ratio of stats work at all these different levels mm-hmm. but can't basically handcrafting saying well i'm going to put this extra number of enemies here this extra group of uh of attack here that's not there in the in the, in the easy mode then you have a lot more control but then you also have sort of all handcrafted difficulty that that feels interesting to me but it only works for some kinds of games too Right, you have random encounters, then simply you have to tweak different dials. There's a time-based difficulty, um, just changing oh, yeah. how, how long some things take or how long you have to complete a level. Um, there's things like uh, Minecraft difficulty levels are interesting because they are very different. You know, there's the the peaceful mode with just no monsters at all and food doesn't matter. There's the regular mode where there are monsters and you have to eat, and then there's the the hardcore level where if you die, it deletes your game. Yeah, and that's interesting because the differences are like entirely different uh, attributes to your game. Not just it's not even really difficulty levels; it's like different modes of play entirely. Very much so. Yeah, I almost wonder if it's proper to call something like survival modes. You only get to play once before you die. Even really difficulty thing, because <laughs> less it's like you actually get to try again with that it's not like you actually get to anything to overcome it's just well, not it, sure what it, word i would use private instead of difficulty though no i th- i think it definitely counts as a difficulty um aspect because mm-hmm. you can use respawning as an element in your gameplay i mean if you're playing minecraft it's pretty common to jump off a cliff so you can get back home quick yeah uh, versus the challenge of navigating your way down a cliff without falling 
you know, there's <laughs> That's certainly fair. a lot of things that you, that, challenges that it creates. Yeah. I know, like, and also, sorry, my lines are wandering a little bit this episode. You might want to cut this part out. <laughs> I was going to say, what do you always want to do for difficulty for games that don't traditionally have difficulty? Does it make sense to have difficulty level? And for example, a purely narrative uh, visual novel, you know, like Atari, for example, I don't know if it makes sense at all to have anything like a difficulty level. Well, um, I don't know exactly how this would work out in Atari, but it does make me think of the most recent news and difficulty levels I heard of, uh, which is uh, Hideo Kojima's um, Death Stranding game that's going to mm. be coming out soon. There was just a, um, an article out about the game's easy mode which he says is actually for people who prefer movies to games. Ooh. That's that was the description. So it's, and I'm not sure exactly how obviously there's still going to be interaction involved, but it's an interesting way of pitching that angle, um, which reminds me a bit of the sort of hand holding. Um, I think Mar- I think it's Mario Brothers U two has like this um, easy mode that actually like points you along where to go, uh, play some of the parts for you as like a, almost like a game-long tutorial type thing. Like mm-hmm. it just helps you play. Um, so I'm seeing more of, of that, but it is interesting in narrative games. Um, a lot of narrative games have puzzle aspects, and those can vary in the difficulty. But, yeah, it's one uh, thing I like about... Not all have them, but that's one way. I need a little bit of echo. Sorry about that. I was leaning... Leaning forward, probably just picking something up from my headset. Oh, okay. Oh, how about now? It's leaning in Sonic, but it's much more distorted. Okay, that's better. Okay, it's just you leaning. Okay. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, I know one of Super Mario Brothers, more recent ones, did that as well, lets you go through a level. And the Professor Layton games, similarly, lets you use searching of levels to clicks, or tap, taps, rather, to find coins you can spend on puzzles that you find, either on hints or on solving puzzles that you find too difficult. Hmm. It's an interesting so, way of adjusting it, yeah. So it's very much it's interesting because okay. it's so opt-in, yeah. That's in, like an in-game element, not just like a menu option, but a mechanic within the game that allows you to bypass some of the difficulty. That's, that's an interesting approach because it makes it a part of the game instead of sort of a modifier of the game. Yeah. Let's it be much more... I guess, owned by the player. Like, if you find one kind of puzzle, let's say, let's say a certain kind of math puzzle, categorically challenging, you can opt out of that and still get the rest of the good story. But I do like that uh, idea of the narrative mode or cinematic mode or anything other than being highly responsive to maybe being high reflex or deep thought mode to as opposed to calling it easy mode. It's a much more player-friendly, tired, player-friendly parent who hasn't had time to mm-hmm. grind for hit points friendly kind of framing without also was it dissing yeah. on them for not wanting to do that. I definitely feel that as a parent gamer. That's that's one way that like my attitude of difficulty levels has definitely shifted. I kind of regret to say that I probably had one of the more, like, not the most aggressive attitude about, oh, you shouldn't play games on easy. But I definitely had a little bit of that when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now 
there's just so much that I would never just even have the time to, to try if I couldn't. I don't, always, I don't play things necessarily always so easy, but I'm, I'm never going to do hardcore mode probably on something that is really warranted. I have, I have a lot more flexibility for myself and others about, you know, what's like the true way to play a game. Like, right. I definitely appreciate that more <laughs> now. And I wish that I had before I had a personal reason. Great. Uh, uh, I did think of another um, an another type of difficulty. Uh, I thought of this as part of the, like the in-game way. Um, some games had difficulty not as a modifier over the whole game, but individual levels. Uh, mm -hmm. in two ways like there are I, I can't remember a specific example but i know i've seen a couple games recently where the difficulty choice is part of the level selection so every time you go to a new level you you can adjust you know how you're going to approach that one so yeah. if you have trouble with one level you can do it on easy mode and then go back to the normal or hard mode for the rest of the game um and there's a similar very long-standing um pattern which is um stars and levels you know like the you just like, you know, uh, mobile games do this a lot, but a lot, a lot of others have like uh, at the end of the game, you're scored or at the end of each level, you're scored one, two or three stars. And so just beating it is the bare minimum, but you can always try to go back to the more difficult challenges or uh, within that level. Yeah. And you're allowed um, to progress without um, necessarily having to do your best. It, it makes the difficulty a personal challenge more than a additional barrier to the game. Yeah, that's <coughs> sorry. Yeah, that's something I very much prefer myself because I might find one particular level just really exhausting, or I just might be was it only running on half power because I'm trying to do something else, or just tired that afternoon. I want to get on. It's like it's a good like counter contrast. I've been playing the recent game Control lately, and yeah. as far as I know, it doesn't have the difficulty setting. It's just the one setting. And I've been, I felt stymied in many places, especially on some of the optional boss fights that just seemed unnecessarily difficult. And I would very much like to be able to just turn down the grind of the fight a bit and be able to move on with the, that part of the game versus bang my head against the boss fight four times plus times and feel like I'm losing interest in the game. Sometimes, yeah. It's always a weird quality of games. Is they're the only kind of narrative medium that punishes you with by withholding the narrative itself. Yeah, it is very good, pointed. Yeah. If you're not good enough at consuming the media, you don't earn it. Nothing yeah. else does that. You know, you don't have a there's there's not a um, pause in the middle of a movie with a quiz you have to take that you followed the plot well, or yep. like a Sudoku page in the middle of a novel. Yeah. I think thinking how many of us um, half watch TV shows, half watch movies. I mean, so my girlfriend downstairs, bless her heart, was fell asleep in the middle of rewatching some Battlestar Galactica because she was just that tired this afternoon. And did she fail at watching Battlestar Galactica? No, she just it served the need of giving her something to watch for a spell and was content to keep playing even though she was falling. She wasn't entirely there. Right, and, and of course, I'm not saying that you should be able to sleep through a game, but it is, it's <laughs> a weird. Um, it's a weird artifact of games being this combination of activity and consumption that is unique to that. And so, all the tropes or, or understanding that we you know, we can try to apply a lot of things from from books and movies and from 
sports and board games to, to video games, but none of those things map perfectly. And there's a lot of conflicts created by the combination and difficulty levels and the different um, alternatives to them like, that we've been talking about are a lot ways of overcoming those conflicts. Yeah. Well, sorry, I don't have a follow-up comment on that. <laughs> That's all right. Um, so have you done any games? Uh, you said Anthrotari, you don't really have much room for a difficulty um, level setting within it. Um, can you think of other games that you've that you've done? Um, maybe some of your jam projects or, or anything else that you have tried to approach difficulty levels? You know, I think back on that, you know, see, it's been visual novels, other inter- interactive narrative games... The game jam I helped facilitate, helped facilitate the team on several weeks ago. Didn't have a difficulty level, just to get a performance goal. You want to get as close to the landing strip as you could. So, outside of getting exactly zero meters away from your goal, there was any sort of difficulty level change. No, I can't say I've generally shied away from whatever gotten so far into a game. They could have difficulty level. I actually ended up dealing with difficulty levels personally. Hmm. Yeah. I I haven't been able to, to implement difficulty levels well in games that are uh, anything that's non puzzle is really difficult um, yeah. because just balancing the difficulty, especially the progression level to level, has always felt very challenging to me, and it's something that I'm still trying to figure out how to really do reliably. Mm-hmm. And getting that progression to also scale with the difficulty, it, it's like its own difficulty level. Like adding <laughs> that is much more difficult for me as a game maker because, uh, like, I don't know how to add these multipliers and still know that everything just sort of balances out gameplay wise. Um, and like the without it just sort of um, amplifying the amount of time I have to put into play testing and tweaking so much that it's really hard to justify. Like there, there must be some better numerical ways to analyze that or to, you know, the, the difficulty graph and the, the scales that you use. And I don't know if there are numerical ways of looking at that, that would make this easier where I could do this and trust that I'm adjusting them properly without doing all my play testing three times just to do it on each level, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that might actually be the answer, though, is just lots and lots of testing. Look at success rates, tri- get metrics, analytics. Yeah. That's, that's hard as a lover. When you're one person, anything amplify, like anything multiplying the amount of time you have to put in is really kind of a showstopper. Oh, yeah. So I guess that's one thing to be very mindful of when you're an indie slash hobby game dev is that you may not have time and the energy and focus to do advanced difficulty setting. So if you only do, if you can't do difficulty settings, does that mean that you're picking easy, normal, or hard and doing just that one or just that they don't exist? You know what I mean? Like if you can only make one, should you make it easier so more people can access it or more hard so that it provides the challenge people need? Um, then, then you create a choice there that if you have difficulty levels, you don't need to decide. I'll wait a second for that.
I'll till the sirens go away. Oh, Puba, bye. Yeah, it's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll um, mute out your track where I was talking earlier and then cut out all this so you, so you can respond. Yeah, thank goodness. Okay, I think they're probably pulling away. Yep, I was going to say, turn where you left off. Oh, no. Okay, let's here. wait a minute. That's fine. Wait. Is that, is that it? I think so. I, it was like, I feel less of Oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Uh, I can't hear if they're close at all anymore. Wait. Anyway, yeah. So I guess the question for us then is, you know, is deciding early on, do we want to make this an easy game, a medium game, a hard game? Do we want to have, what are our metrics of either is hard? <laughs> Should it be a high focus game? Should it be a high thought game? Stuff like that. Do we want to make our difficulty to be in the speed part, in the being very deliberate in one's choices, how easy do you want to make it the player to go back mm. and try things again, if at all? Yeah, it's going to depend a lot on the kind of game you're making. You know, like if you're making a, a, a laid-back sort of game like Journey or a game like Electric Super Jump, those are entirely different um goals in the gameplay and so the difficulty is sort of built into the genre the style of game and can make the decisions for you or at least narrow down where you're looking at mm -hmm. i guess one really important thing is that whatever difficulty you kind of choose to make it deliberate and <coughs> sorry to make it consistent after all one of the frustrating things i experience in gaming is getting to a game that seems accessible and then hitting a wall of inordinate, unnecessary difficulty partway through, especially near the end, where this a difficulty spike that makes it you just are not, not weren't really prepared for it, and if not willing to invest a lot in getting past that hurdle, not gonna be able to, to continue. But the game's gonna be very easy early on. Um, I hope that it's not won't ever actually really spike, or it's gonna be very hard. It's going to be a friend about that, so I don't go investing time and end up with a half-finished game because it got hard when we was expecting it to. Yeah, that's a bad feeling, and you don't want to impart that feeling on your players. Um, it does, that, that kind of hitting a wall, uh, that, that reminds me, or not just remind me, or just kind of transitions well into a, a last and big part of difficulty that I wanted to, to mention which is using it for evil. Ooh. Uh, and I can, as an example, another type of adjusting difficulty is sort of algorithmically in puzzle games and in others where you are able to adjust what look like random, like adjusting probability. Um, so this is basically done in every color matching game where like the, the random colors that fall down are a lot less random than people often think. Um, because they do a lot of work figuring out how to sort of coax you towards winning or losing a level depending on what they want you to do. Do they want you to buy a power-up? Do they want you to feel like you're having a good good progress so that you'll keep playing? Like, you know, they, they really do craft that experience that's supposed to look random and is not. Ooh. Um, that's, that's dark magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, it's a, this is a way that 
difficulty levels can be used as an anti-pattern uh, to manipulate users. Um, you know, so what we're talking about make you know trying to craft the difficulty level and experience for the user. You can also do it against the user, and um, you know that. So maybe you can even learn from that, like you know, do the opposite. I hope, but yeah, hopefully, um, like it would be interesting to see that same approach taken to make the game make a level easier if the if the player is having a particular trouble passing a level. Like, could you make that adjust automatically? Yeah, I think Left 4 Dead was heralded for this, where they would make the game harder in certain ways depending on how well you were playing, for example, in order to keep the tension there. Mm -hmm. but the important part that also would let off on that tension at certain times so players would have a chance to breathe and kiss your breath and then be engaged again in another challenging encounter. Yeah, there are a lot of games that do that kind of... Um, I don't know the right term is, where you're, you're they're adjusting the difficulty based on your, your play style. Uh, it's done in a lot of RPGs where like the um, the enemies scale with your level. Um, yeah. But I also think that can create a really like for me that creates a really boring experience where everywhere you go, even though you're getting different looking enemies, they all feel the same because it's it's just scaling them to wherever you are. You can never really get stronger because then they'll just get stronger too. Yeah, you know, that's you can pretty much somewhere you've been and be able to just wipe the floor with enemies that were challenged before because now you're stronger like that, that isn't cap you're not capable of that um, and that's why we were talking about final fantasy 8 <laughs> that one that they uh did they make those kind of adjustments in that yeah and unfortunately yeah so if we're talking about a big mistake in difficulty levels as for all the good things that final fantasy 8 did it made a big mistake in tying the difficulty of all monsters, all enemy encounters, even the beginning ones, to the level of one character, the main protagonist, Squall. Hmm. And I personally, being a naive teenager that I was, level that always had Squall on my party, and so you ended up disproportionately powerful compared to everybody else. Uh-huh. Yep. And but that you made could it... also game it, huh? You could keep him level down comparative to everybody else and create yourself a really easy pass through. Yeah. Well, if you knew that at the time and you didn't get all the way to the final boss fight that required to you, required you spoilers to use literally every, every player character you had. Um, uh, I did not want to go back and put another 80, 120 hours yeah. to do that. Right. So yeah, this is one thing you're going to do in terms of difficulty and scaling. Make sure it's smarter scaling that doesn't screw over the player for not divining the secrets of your scaling system. Or that just doesn't just rob them of, of um, accomplishment because yeah. that scaling, like I understand what you'll be trying to do in that scaling system, and that there's definitely. Like, I even was just a few minutes ago saying, "Hey, that'd be a great way to make people you know easier to get through a level if they're having trouble with it." But uh, if you do that. You, know, you want to create good experience so you, you know if if it's scaled universally then you can never really compare going against something once versus later but if it's just like when you're having trouble right then just through that one play make it a little easier so that the you know you could die and you go back to the level and try again and maybe like the third retry on a level in a row maybe it'll make it a little easier uh, but not enough to notice then i can see 
um, making it feel like you accomplished it, not that the game just handed it to you. Yeah. Uh, and then also only scaling down so that it's never that you just never get to overcome things. Like that, that creates a thing where you can never feel more powerful. But if you only scale down, you know, temporarily, then you only ever use that scaling to make the player feel more powerful, which is, you know, usually what you're trying to go for, what the player wants to feel anyway. Right. It's like, I have enough things. I don't feel like I've done enough outside of gaming in terms of program accomplishments and whatnot, success. The last thing I need is to not be able to succeed in a highly constructed context. Yeah, sometimes you just want to win. Yeah. And if we're talking about stuff like managing your dopamine, serotonin levels, and your one's ability to feel successful and capable, there's a lot to be said in the field of like game psychology and how that could be important in like a healing context. I'm not all qualified to talk about that, but that'd be interesting to interview if you ever find somebody who can. You know, the fact that we um, had a big gap since when we came up with the topic and now and didn't really have, you know, we're kind of talking just on the fly. I think we, I, I, I had a good discussion. Yeah. I think that we had a lot of interesting things to say and it gives me some things to think about. Um, I still don't know if um, the Necromancers uh, escape, if I'm going to have difficulty levels in that. Um, I think that I won't because I think that they don't really fit well in like an RPG, you know. <laughs> Um, in style, but it is something I have a couple other projects that I I, I want to think about more because definitely a couple of games I'd like to do that I need to get better at being able to figure this part out. Um, yeah, like I said, it's something that feels more daunting to me than it should be, and I want to overcome that. It's something so I'd like to get to the point where I I can build something that has a good difficulty system and feel like here's a thing that was difficult for me, and I figured out how to do it. So hopefully I can ponder some of this and, and have something actionable for a future project. Yeah, Diffus has like one of those things where the best way to deal with it is just try it, tackle it head on, see what happens, see where you fail, and learn from that experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, if I Maybe we can come back to this topic sometime, um, you know, down the road if we're working on different games where it's a more, um, you know, right now it's kind of theoretical and neither one of us are using it um, using you know, applying these things today, so maybe we can come back to it if uh, that changes in the future. Yeah, I definitely want to earmark this topic for revisiting down the road, year from now, two years from now. Sure. Yeah, see what happens, what's changed, what we've learned. Yeah, it should be fun. All right, thanks for uh, talking to me about difficult levels. It was a difficult conversation. That was terrible. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the SideQuest Completed Podcast. If you aren't subscribed, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also find all our episodes and our RSS feed at sidequestcompleted.com. Subscribe today and don't miss an episode posted every Wednesday. Keep game devving and we'll see you next week.